one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez here for another show. Poker Action Line, lots of stuff to talk about. We have a big tournament here in town at the Seminole Hard Rock. The Lucky Arts Poker Open is in the main event. Uh, main event going on over in Australia as well at the Aussie Millions. And uh, they're finishing things up out in Sacramento there, down to the final table at the WSOP Circuit at uh, Thunder Valley. And so we'll talk about several of those events, what's happening, what's been happening everywhere. Uh, new announcements from the World Series of Poker, which I think a lot of people, a lot of the casual fans, not casual fans, but the the recreational player, let's put it that way, uh, will really enjoy. Because I think constantly people felt uh, with the, so many good players that if you wanted to play something, maybe you could save up for one event. And, you know, there's it's just one of those things. You get there. And a lot of those tournaments are freeze-outs. So maybe you put together 3,000, 1,500, 2,000, 3,000, whatever, to play an event. And uh, you get a you get a cooler early in the tournament or uh, just a bad card, and you're out. Right. I mean, Dave, we've seen them. A lot of the popularity with the, um, you know, the Colossus, which was what was like a 550. But now this year it's going to be 400. Okay. So they've seen the responses of the thousands. Of, I mean, the, the three times the size of the main event. And the main event had an, an unbelievable turnout this past year. I think it was second highest of all time. And I, I don't know. You you were mentioning, I don't know if the the, the high limit players, because there's enough 10,000, 5,000, Well, last week we, we, we ran down that list. I think there was 13 of them or something like that. Right. Uh, so 10,000 are up. I don't know. I'm, I don't play in that. And, and, and you know, that, that's rarefied air for most poker players, Dave. So... You know, uh, true poker fans can enjoy those tournaments, can see this. We know the, the live cash games, that, that, that the limits, the nosebleed limits that these guys are playing at. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, you and I, you and I are like, like they say in the show, we're, we're regular, ordinary guys. A $1,000 buy-in. And, you, and it's right what you said. A lot of people, for, you know, for the previous years, try to save up. Four, five, six, seven thousand dollars. Right. That's not enough to get into the main event, but that was enough, depending on how you worked it out, to enter at least three or four events in the past. And if your strategy was, hey, I'm going to take two or three thousand of this and try to win satellite seats into there, so you know, you, you, it, it may afford you more or less because if you're not successful in it. But like you said, few people, I'm sure, are going out there, Dave. Just to play one particular tournament, just because what you said, you know, you hit a cooler early on, or you get your aces, you know, whatever it is, you know, you, you get your hand in with the best of it, and your guy hits his one or two or three outer. Okay? Or you just do something stupid. <laughs> or, or, yeah, and or, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, um, we know how long these tournaments are. So I think for the casual poker player, the the recreational, what what whatever label you want to put on them, okay, having what was it, twenty five events in under a thousand and under, twenty five events. And, they just announced that uh, last week. Right before we went on the air, a good friend of both of us, Al Gomez, who has been having some very nice success playing, and. Had a nice score in the, uh, the I don't remember back what they back called. Back to back at the Hard Rock. He yeah, had a 15th no, well, place, and then he had a second place. Okay. But he also, remember the the 50, I don't remember what the exact name was on the WSOP that had great turnout, you know, 20-something thousand or whatever it was. Oh, this past year, the, yeah, uh, that 50, they took the Big 50. The Big 50. Al did very well in that also. Right. Had a nice, very score. He loved... The uh, the makeup of the tournament, the structure of it, you know, and everything, how they did it. And guess what? I think that's a great idea to build up the confidence in your recreational, you know, uh, lower limit tournament poker players. Whatever, again, whatever label you want to put on these people that might later on entice them to jump into a 3,000, 4,000, you know. 
But you've got to take care of your casual poker players. Yeah, you've got to keep them entertained, and, and they have to believe that they have a shot in these tournaments. And I think a lot of those people were losing hope because we saw this trend for these $25,000 buy-ins, 50000 quarter of a million dollar buy-ins, and it looked like the trend was going that way. All of a sudden, this announcement last week that there I don't know how many total tournaments they haven't announced that yet at the World Series, but 25, which is probably close to about at least a quarter of the events. All right. Maybe well, more. you said there was about 80 last year, right? I, yeah. I, I apologize. That I don't know the exact number. Yeah, I think it was 80 say, last year. So let's assume they go up by seven or eight events, uh, 90. We're looking at a little more than 25% of them. Right. That's, you know... It's large and it is a large amount of number. I think, that, to me, if you were to tell me 30, a third of all the events would be 1,000 or less, would be a, an excellent number, to be honest with well, you. Well, to me, this schedule is starting to take care of everybody. You still have 17, I just looked it up, 17 events at 10,000 or higher. Look at that, 17 That are the, the championships of all the different types of events, the, the stud games, the uh, Raz, and, guess, uh, and all those. David, who can afford that? The only people who can play in, in, a, in a majority of those, let's not even say a majority, let's say three of those, that's a $30,000. Your casual poker player, for the most part, can't afford to do that. Can't afford to do that with the expenses of flying out from wherever they are, staying there, you're eating. You know, yes, I know a lot of people are going to be playing in the cash games. You know, solid players usually make a very good living, usually make a very good living at that over there um but again you know there's no no definites in poker that's that's a wonderful part about it yeah um i don't know i 25 events i i think that's absolutely wonderful you probably got what maybe 10 or 15 that fall between a little over a thousand to about three thousand yeah more than that more than that okay the majority which used to be what they kind of considered the The you know the smaller events yeah so I think this is a wonderful I think it's great. I I think it's great. And you know that poker players, the minute they hear something they don't like from the World Series of Poker, they're going to blast them. Exactly. And they did it earlier this year when they found out that they were going to allow players to enter the main on day two, which was never accepted before. Exactly. So a lot of people are very unhappy with that. Uh, Now they come out with an announcement that there's 17 events, 10,000 or higher. And now this week, this announcement means they're including everybody, which is great. But 25 events, uh, for example, the Casino Employees was one of the only events that was 500. And that's what's going to be that. Again, the Big 50 is also going to be 500 this year. Um, There's going to be different groups like uh, Pot Limit Omaha, 8-Handed, going to be a 600 event. And there's as low as uh, 400 for the Colossus. So I it's think amazing. it's fantastic, Dave. I think it's great, too. There's going to be a mini main event uh, that's 1,000. I think they did have that last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, tournament for the uh, Salute to the Warriors, which is 500. And the one, little one-for-one drop this year will be $1,111. So... Uh, we'll run down a lot of this stuff as we move along. We know we always had the thousand dollars for the ladies, of course, ten thousand for the ladies event if you're if you're male. <laughs> I uh, love that. The seniors is always a, a thousand too. So there's a few that are things, that and are they the have same. the super seniors too. Super don't seniors they? is also a thousand. That's sixty and up this year. A seniors is fifty and up. So uh, this announcement should make a lot of people happy, and it, and it's smart because. You know, you, you kind of left out a whole group of recreational players that might come and show up and play a few cash games or play try to satellite right. into something. But now think about now it. Now they could just buy Now $2,000 allows you to probably play two to three tournaments. Right. You know? Right. And if you schedule, you know, you look at once the schedule comes out and you know exactly when they are, I'm sure they're going to be smart enough to put them within a time frame that somebody could spend a week to ten days out there and get into those two right. or three tournaments, you right. know. They always and talk about the weekend warriors, but now, you know, people can go out there and spend a couple of weeks and, and maybe play the evening tournaments, play the satellites, try to get into some things, and actually buy into a couple of events if they're not having as much success. So I think it's fantastic, and uh, I'm thrilled to hear that announcement today. I, I am, too. I didn't know that until you mentioned it right before we went on the air, Dave. So I think that's a great thing. 
and I think going forward, Dave, it, it will start um, reaping some rewards with, in the sense that some of these players hopefully will enjoy the experience because they're allowed to get into this. And who knows, down the line, you might actually feed the higher limit tournaments, you know, the higher buy-in tournaments, because you've cultivated these these smaller players that they've enjoyed the experience, maybe have some minor success in it, you know, and then say, hey, you know what? Next year I'm going to save an extra six or 7000 so I can enter the bigger tournaments. Right. So, again, as a manager and, and as a player, I think this is a, a wonderful idea. Well, we'll see how it affects the bottom line. Uh, last year there was 187,000-plus entries over the course of the tournament. Uh, just talking about not not even counting the cash games and the other things, the other tournaments at night, but nearly $300 million in prize money. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've dropped prices on some of the rooms. There's actually you can get a room for 33 bucks a night if you have Caesars Rewards. Uh, pretty crazy, and there's a lot of stuff happening out there. Uh, Caesars is selling some of their properties. Uh, El Dorado is buying up some. We just uh, found out today that uh, El Dorado sold their uh, Shreveport property. Really? And they also, uh, Caesars also sold Harrah's in uh, Reno this week. Another announcement came out. So a lot of stuff happening. Um, They are consolidating that agreement uh, between Caesars and El Dorado. And El Dorado owns the aisle down here, by the way, and now as well. So pretty great. Uh, Registration isn't going to open until March or April sometime after they've all been determined. All the events have been determined and approved by regulators and they'll have that uh, 200,000 square feet of ballroom space to accompany all those players. So, fantastic. And uh, we'll, of course, stay right on top of that for you as well. Of course, they have the secondary thing of trying to promote their online play. So this is would smarten another way out there. Yes, it is. Absolutely. You know, l- listen, they've got to try to grow this and all the different aspects that they're offering these games. And... Listen, I think this is a great step in that direction, Dave. There's online players buying in for $10 for tournaments. Uh, you know, less yeah. than that, a dollar, $2 tournaments even sometimes. Take advantage like. of it. Remember, it's funny that we're having this conversation, Dave, but I was talking to somebody, you know, our room is not what it once was, you know, as far as the clientele is concerned. You know, um, when I got let go, left less than a year later, they closed the room down and had been closed down. And when a room gets closed down, Dave, you know, people don't have confidence in it when it opens up again. You know, it's it's with our old management crew. We're we're trying. We didn't have the the uh, big 800-pound gorilla that I helped create at Hialeah because I had I, I made Nelson I, I helped make Nelson a manager, and he's a you know. Great promoter, unfortunately screwed up himself there with some of his people at Hialeah, but he left a monster behind, and the young lady running the room is another one who worked under me, and, you know, they they have, between them and Magic City, you know, who are within four to five miles in either one of them, and, and one in north, one heading south, they've kept their foot very tightly on our necks yeah. to let us try to grow. For sure. And one big thing that they have in any poker room, Dave, in poker, just as it's true in paramutuals, which you've been involved in for more years than I have, you have to replace players. You have to bring in fresh money, new players. Paramutual has gone the way that, you know, on, you know. I hate to use this as it's a little morbid, but paramutuals, the older players who have been playing it for 50, 60 years, pass away. And if you're not cultivating the young people to play paramutuals, which has had occurred over the last two decades. Right. The numbers, as you well know, have trended down. Right. Poker is just like that. If you don't, if you don't cultivate new poker players, sooner or later, you know, the good players will swallow up a large percentage of that, and then between the house rate jackpot down here and dealer tips, if you don't start cultivating new players, you know. Management always has to look at that, Dave. You don't want to, but, you know, how long can the bad players keep losing money before they either run out of cash and have no way of, you know, 
getting that disposable income that they may have spent money that wasn't disposable, you know, right. which is a sad, yeah. sad exactly. point, which happens in gambling. But they either get tired of losing or they lose enough money that it starts to affect other aspects of their life. So if you're not cultivating new players, and I think that what the WSOP is doing this is cultivating different types of players that are already out there to try to interest them into getting into this. And as a manager, especially when you have an event like this, you know, you, you've got to take ideas from all the people that you that you trust and that you think are smart to try to cultivate this. You know, uh, we have seen a trend in the main event going up, which is a good sign. But smart management knows $10,000 buy-ins are the dreams. You know, that, right. that's that golden ring on, on, on the, on the merry-go-round. And it's still and there. And it's going to always be there because that, 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 you know, stands on a pedestal by itself. But for those numbers not to eventually start trending down by a couple of hundred and a couple of hundred. Just think about it. You lose two to three hundred dollars, uh, two to three hundred players every year. Five years later, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about a 20% drop, you know, from a tie point. And now the numbers are affected by that. And somehow it loses a little bit of its uh, mystique and, you know, and it's allure. So, for me, as a manager, knowing that we had to try to cultivate players um, or steal them from other rooms, which would then close those rooms down, you know, it's, it's a trickle-down effect that's really bad. So you've got to try to figure out a way to, to, to make this in a positive way, trending up, and that you're educating and, and cultivating new players. And new players have to start... 99% of them are going to start at the bottom. Yeah. Well, you know, I go and cover these tournaments at the Hard Rock and other places, the Isle and some of these places, and I never really even consider playing because it's just kind of out of my league. Uh, recently, the the Isles had some tournaments, $80 tournaments during the week, different, different things. They have a PLO uh, 8 uh, on Tuesday mornings. You know, you can play for 80 bucks and a few others. Now the Hard Rock has a Lucky Hearts Poker Open, big event, uh, you know, $3,500 main event buy-in. Tomorrow then, there's a 150 tournament. Okay, and, 150, now, and which, now that you which mentioned I, which this, which I probably will play. Okay, uh, hopefully the, the the smart managers out there are realizing, Dave. You know what was the breeding ground for these poker players? We've had a lot of them on our shows. Was the internet? You were talking about online people play for ten dollars tournaments. These are the people the in, the internet the on uh, the you know the, the 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 internet poker sites were the breeding grounds for the future of poker. All right, because how many times have we heard you know and and read stories in the different magazines poker publications that are out there of you know, top-notch players. You know, they have a story, I believe, in Card Player, which at the back of the magazine says, when I was a donkey. You know, <laughs> all of these players, not all of them, but I would imagine a large majority of them, all started playing Penny 2, you know, learning, having having a, 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 a place to play that. So guess what? You don't have sense to play in the regular poker room, but you've got to try to cultivate those players that were playing ten dollars, twenty dollars, right. twenty five dollar tournaments online because if you don't you 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 know, thousands of players that were on I mean whenever you used to see I don't know how often you played back then, but you see on, on party poker, uh poker stars, full tilt, hundred thousand people playing. This and the that's hey, yes, a small percentage of that were playing those nosebleed games that we've read about and you know and oh you know Stories are written about with these guys, but the large majority were playing anywhere from a penny to any live games, five dollar tournament games, to twenty or thirty, forty, fifty, sixty dollar tournaments online. You're talking about a hundred and fifty being a small stakes one. Yeah, rooms have to try to do that to Absolutely. generate that interest again across the to, board, and 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 teach new players, get them interested at a price that they can enjoy. Where, where it really won't affect their lifestyle, win or lose. Right. But we do know that if they score with a $40, let's say, you know, the Chris Moneymaker satellite for 30 dollars or whatever, 27 whatever it was, think about it. You enter a $50 tournament where there's 8,000 people, 9,000 people online, and you happen to outlast them, 
you know, first place could easily be nine, ten, twelve thousand. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> they've got the. You're you got hooked. Your, you got your you're own. hooked. Yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah. and then second place got, got seven thousand. These are breeding grounds for, and and these are offered on a daily, nightly basis, online. We no longer have that available to us. So, the the brick and mortar casinos have to step up and try to fill that void to to try to train new players, try to get the new ones to absorb the losses at a much lower rate and still enjoy the game and want to have that desire and, and that commitment and the drive to, to better themselves. And then all it takes is one nice finish and, and then turn a $20, 30 $40, $50 investment into a few thousand dollars and now by now you're going wow you know what if i work a little bit at it and now they're excited about going to a brick and mortar and playing in a thousand dollar or five hundred dollar tournament yeah so okay well i want to get to what's happening over at the hard rock uh they're down to 13 players in the main event and they have a high roller going on today uh that costs 25 five to get in and they are down to 15 players in that one uh, including uh, some former WSOP main event champs. So we'll get to that, talk about that. Uh, real nice turnout of some really big-name players, and then the other ones with 13 left. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, I did want to mention, because last week we were talking about the WPT tournament out in Los Angeles at the Gardens Casino. Uh, they were down to, I believe, the unofficial final table. But they played down to six, because this is going to be one of those tournaments where they wait three months and then play it at the HyperX at the Luxor in Vegas right before the World Series. So uh, chip leader in that one is someone we know has been on the show with us, Chance Corneth. He has uh, almost three million chips, and he has the chip lead there. So uh, they will be back to finish that one up. There are actually, I think, three tournaments again that they're going to do that with. The Borgata main event, uh, Gardens, and then one other uh, that they play the final table uh, Simultaneously, or no, on on seconds, consecutive days, days, right? Yeah, but it's right before the World Series when everybody's getting out there and there's some excitement and people can have big rails with their fans there and that sort of thing because they're all there to play for the for the World Series. But uh, we'll talk more about that uh, when we come back. But I want to get to the Aussie Millions. I want to get to the World Series of Poker, and of course. Uh, Tell you a little bit about Thunder Valley as well out in California for the WPT. Anyway, let's take a break. We'll be back with more of the show. When we return, you're listening to Poker Action Line. Thanks for being with us. We hope you stick around. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. M2, M2. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money into my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com.
Welcome back to the show, Big Dave Lemon. I'm heading over to Hard Rock tomorrow. So I'm my playing that 150. I'm going to be over there anyway, trying to get some interviews. I was going to go today, and I did. Uh, the main event over there, 843 uh, players entered. And I think they started the day with 54 left today. Uh, and, of course, a lot of big-name players that got knocked out jumped right into the high roller. Uh, Darren Elias, a couple others like that. Uh, but uh, try to run down who we have left in there. I have the list here for the uh, the high roller, and it's a good one. Uh, as I mentioned, two of the uh, former uh, champs from the World Series of Poker, Joe Cotta and uh, Ryan Reese, both still alive in the final 15. Uh, friend of yours, Alex Tur- Turiansky, still alive. Uh, Arcadi Sinis from Miami, also Lazaro Hernandez, a local guy. And then some other big names like uh, Maria Ho is still playing, Jonathan Jaffe, Jared Jaffe. This is the twenty-five, five. Part of, you a said part 15, of the fifteen left. That are left. Yeah. What was the? How many entered? Uh, fifth, fifty-three, thirty-eight, thirty-eight. Wow, Alex is still alive. Good. Yeah, Alex doing good. Although he's, uh, I think he's the short stack with just two big blinds left. Uh, Fred Goldberg, who we haven't heard from a while, playing in this tournament. Uh, uh, Anthony Zeno still left. Ali Imsarovic. Uh, the two Jaffies, not brothers. Uh, Jonathan Jaffe and Jared Jaffe. And I mentioned Maria Ho and Ping Lu. And then the two uh, former champs. <laughs> so they are playing still. Uh, group down to 13. Uh, Victor Figueroa just got knocked out. He's a local guy. Uh, he got knocked out of the uh, main event. And let's see. Who else uh, just got knocked out? Um, one of the players chipping up and still in is a girl that I had interviewed on one of the shows last uh, fall, uh, a girl named uh, Nadia Magnus, who, I don't know if you remember, but the, I big, remember that the, name. the big Game, which was a show that was on like at 1230 on uh, Fox, uh, had all the big-name players, and they also they brought in one wild card. One, they called it the Loose Cannon was at the table, uh, which was an amateur player qualified to play and play with Jason and uh, Phil Ivey and Phil Hellmuth and whoever. So this was a show that was on every night, and she was one of the first loose cannons and actually knocked a couple players out, ended up winning money, and did very well. Didn't hear about her for about five or six years. Then all of a sudden, she's now playing all these major events. So she's been uh, grinding and sticking out. And uh, she. Uh, That's what happens with most of these people. It's just, you know, you just. You know, people like Jason, and when you hear, um, you know, all these other names of people that consistently stay at the top, that just tells you how great of players they are. Because some of these players just didn't go away. They've just been, like you just mentioned, grinding it out and waiting for another chance to come right back up. Right. So when you see these names on a consistent basis year in year out, you know, being mentioned in the, you know in the, in the final 20 players, 15 final table on a consistent basis, that just lets us know if you're a smart poker player, just lets you know how talented, you know, and 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 how good these players are. Yeah, no question about it. Uh James Calderaro, one of the name players, uh, he's actually from the west coast of Florida. Uh, he is still alive in the main. A couple of guys that just got knocked uh, fairly recently, Jake Schwartz and Muckle Pahuja, uh, both got knocked out of the Look, tournament. There's a, there's a name that I haven't heard you mention in, a, in, a, in about a year or yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. He's been, uh, he's been uh, I haven't seen much of him. That's what uh, I'm talking about. And we know what a great player he is. Matt Affleck, uh, the kid from out in Washington, still a state of Washington. Is also uh, been eliminated. I believe Brian Altman, who led to the, the was the chip leader going into the day. I think is still leading, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we'll try to get some names for you on that one in a few minutes. But uh, big players uh, that we've had on the show, you know, always keep an eye on them. Uh, Aaron Massey uh, ran pretty deep, ended up finishing 20, 20, uh, 29th. Darren Elias finished thirty second, and. Uh, Femi Fashaken, who won the Big 50 last year from Orlando, uh, won 10 grand for 42nd place. Fred Goldberg, 43rd. So uh, we're following that, and I'll get a look at it tomorrow, maybe interview a few people, and then hopefully jump into that tournament around 5 o'clock. Well, I'm going to wish you, I'm going to be the first one to wish you the best of luck out there. Just, just, 
Watch what you're doing out there, Big <laughs> Dave. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, attention. don't do anything stupid. It's going to embarrass the show, no, right? No, no, it's not a matter of doing that. We could all, any poker player could do that at any time. It's just, you know, I, I'd like to see you make a deep run in there. and uh, It'd be good know. for the show. It'd be good for my uh, column in uh, Annie Up, I guess. Uh, and for your ego going well, forward. There and my go. bank account, of course. <laughs> uh, we did mention earlier a couple of things going on out in Vegas. Uh, Caesars has sold uh, Harris Reno. Uh, for $50 million. But here's the twist. Um, they are... The new owners, which is a group called uh, CAI Investments... Yeah, you mentioned something about their... Uh, that was a strange arrangement. Let me hear... Well, it's Reno City Center LLC is the name of the of company affiliate of CAI Investments. They're buying it and they're turning it into a non-gaming property. We're getting rid of the gambling in Reno. Oh no, that's not where the head, that's not the direction that's, I was that's heading. That's surprising, in. isn't it? Really? Maybe. Well, it could be that their new ownership didn't qualify for the gaming license too. I don't think I, that's the problem, you know, but I mean, maybe it could be. I don't know. I haven't heard too many casinos that have gone under because they were doing bad. Harris in Reno was opened 80 years ago. It's been around forever as a bingo. It started as a bingo parlor. And uh, Caesars has actually been leasing it from another company. And the other company called VICI Properties is going to get 75% of the sale. And Caesars will get the remaining $12.5 million. But uh, there, there's a big uh, merger between these, the Eldorado and uh, Caesars. So they're kind of cleaning up some loose ends before that officially takes place. But we'll see but what happens. That's just, you know, it's hard to imagine you're buying a property that has a casino license. So, I don't understand why they would go away from that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure. Anyway, uh, that also happened along with the uh, El Dorado Resort selling the uh, El Dorado in Shreveport, Louisiana, Bossier City, Shreveport, and uh, I've been to that casino. But I don't. I don't know what direction this is heading everything into. But uh, maybe it's not the way the. that you can print money anymore. Who knows? It's maybe a tougher than tougher slog than I thought. Well, yeah. I mean, I know why here in the state of Florida. I mean, the tax rate is ridiculous uh, on the casinos that the state takes. Um, so that would make a little sense down here, but it's still, you know, still a license, very close to a license to printing money. Maybe not as much as in the past, but but I don't know. I, have you heard about any casino uh, having gambling losses to its customers over the last 20, 30, 40 years? No, I don't think I so. I haven't. Uh, I don't know. They no. may they may they may run the rest the rest of the uh, the resort badly and lose money and get killed there and whatever. But I've never heard of any of the big casinos anyway. You know, losing money on in the, on their tables, their machines. You don't lose money on machines. Right. Well, see. Well, I'm sure we'll hear more about it. Let's put it that way. Uh, the Thunder Valley is uh, in the Sacramento area. That's where the WSOP circuit is being played now. And they are... Are they done? No, they're still playing, it looks like. Uh, main event, $1,700 main event. And left, they have nine players. Uh, the chip leader is uh, Jaime Haletsky, Haletki. Uh, Scott Stewart, second, and Dapo Ajayi is third. The only big-name player at that final table is Brian Piccioli, former uh, November Niner. Uh, the Aussie main event, we're keeping an eye on that as well. Of course, uh, uh, they have just, they just finished the uh, $10,000 uh, not. Not ten thousand. I'm sorry. The uh, fifty thousand uh, Australian dollars buy-in, which is a high roller there, and uh, that was won by Michael Adamo. So uh, the main event is going on now. They are down to uh, 154 players on day three. There was 820 was the entries there. Jordan Tentori, the chip leader. Uh, Jeff Madsen uh, made a big comeback from uh, short stack and is now currently in fifth place. Uh, Scott Margerison, who won a big tournament here at the Seminole Hard Rock uh, about a year ago. He is in the top ten. Eric Seidel playing in that one over there. And Cale Burns, Dmitry Urbanovich, 
uh, all having pretty good stacks. Manig Loser, a lot of the big-name European players play there. Russell Thomas, former November Niner, is uh, still with a couple hundred thousand chips. Bryn Kenny, also the defending champion, still alive in that one. So uh, just great events. Uh, a great story that came out of the Aussie Millions that I enjoyed reading. Uh, there's a woman there that uh, is playing in the main event, and it's kind of like a real big deal for her. She is uh, basically uh, works for a bar league in Australia. She uh, sets up tournaments, hosts them, uh, and deals at them at uh, what's called the APL, the Australian Poker League, which is played in bars, pubs, and clubs across the uh, country of Australia, and really has created a network of entry-level poker players that have moved on to play eventually in the Aussie Millions. So uh, the woman's name is Allison Lockwood, and she said it was pretty cool because she sits down at the table. Manning Lozer is on her left. She's got uh, Makita Bajakowski, Bryn Kenny all at her table. And the big story about how uh, she's doing pretty well and holding her own at a, at a table with an incredible lineup. And that's got to be a goal of the person who works in poker, uh, and sees all this stuff on TV, then eventually that's gets to play them and maybe beat some of them. Dave, I, be, you know, guess what? That's a goal of mine. I'd love to do, be able to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> most of our listeners would love to do that. You know that you have the opportunity, whether it's winning a satellite or anything else, and it is. It's, you know, the, that's the great thing about poker. Unlike, unlike. Any of the other professional sports that are out there, Dave, none of us are elite athletes to yeah. be able to play against these players. But we can pony up the money or win it in a satellite and have the the dream of playing against elite poker players. You know, all it takes is the buy-in there. You, you know, we may not have the, the skill set, but we could sit down at the game and maybe get lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the $50,000 challenge that I mentioned, uh, great final table. Michael O'Donnell was the winner and defeated Kerry Katz in head-to-head play. But listen to this final table. Uh, Kristen Bicknell just missed the final table. Uh, but also at the final table were Eric Seidel, Rainer Kempe, Ben Lamb, Timothy Adams, Sam Greenwood, and then uh, the top two that I mentioned. So uh, that's where ben a lot Lamb, of players... that's another name that had... For years. Yeah, he disappeared for a while. And, and look, he's he? back. He, he he didn't disappear. He just wasn't as successful in the tournaments. That doesn't mean he wasn't killing it in cash games. You I mean, know, we do know that there's a lot of we've had a lot of great guests. You know, poker legends that have told us there's a lot of great players out there that no one, you know, that the general poker community, you know, doesn't know their names because. They are just grinding in on the cash games, and they don't want to have that. They, you know, they don't. They don't want to be known, and they don't want to have their face <laughs> uh, plastered on TV or in, or or in uh, poker publications. Right. That are that well, are just true. It's not for outstanding poker players, and they just say, "I'll take my winning in thousands on a daily basis, or whenever I decide I want to sit down and play." You know, we this show talks about. Uh, tournaments almost exclusively because that's what we see on TV. But, you know, the poker world, you know, has the cash the cash game proponent out there where a lot of people are making a great living at doing that, you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and and they're not known. You know, they're known to the other top players, but they're not known to, to you and I and to the other, you know, general population poker players because we don't see them on tournaments. No, that's true. Um I did mention the uh, Thunder Valley tournament. They had a high roller there, and uh, J.C. Tran won it. He's from Sacramento, uh, so he's a guy. Another name, uh, yeah. J.C. Tran. You know, for years we mentioned what a you know great player. It, it is amazing, and, and you know, it, it does circle back around. I haven't heard the grinder's name in a while, and he went through that before, and then all of a sudden exploded again, winning the uh, Poker Players Championship in the WSOP. What's he, a three-time winner of that? Yeah. That's how, you know how hard that is to beat yeah, those great sure. players like that? So it, it, it does amaze me, Dave, that, you know, so many, so many great players out there, and we don't hear their names for a year, maybe longer, and then all of a sudden they pop up and we're like, oh, they must have been doing bad. I'd, I'd love to get one of them on the show one day and let us know, you know, why we didn't hear their names, if it was on purpose, or did they run bad in tournaments? And 
and everything else. I, I, I think it, it would interest our, anybody, anybody in the poker world. Yeah. Well, you know who finished, uh, who he beat head-to-head in that uh, tournament? It was uh, Tony Dunst. Oof. So he's done. Uh, they, by the way, they are done with, uh, with the main event, and it was Jaime Haletki that held on for the victory there. Dapo Ajayi finished second. Marco Pantelic was third, and Scott Stewart fourth. We mentioned and this Brian is the main event at, at at Thunder Valley. At Thunder Valley, Brian, Brian Piccolo, uh finished in ninth, so he was the first one eliminated at the final table. Anyway, they're all done out there. Uh, if you're looking ahead to what's next. Um, we will have tournaments uh, in Tampa coming up pretty soon. Uh, the first shot at the big time with the WPT. But next, uh, they'll be going to the WSOP circuit, I should say, uh, going to Tunica, play at the Horseshoe in Tunica, Mississippi, then up to Milwaukee and uh, Potawatomi, and then the following week, uh, February 14th through the 25th, is Seminole Hard Rock Tampa getting their first shot with a circuit event there. And following that, they head back to Vegas for the Rio. So, And remember, our good friend Pablo was made the poker room manager up there. Yeah, from, absolutely. From their Coco, Coconut Creek moved up there. So nice promotion for Pablo. So good luck up there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Tony, I'm sure, will be going up uh, in his new position as the marketing uh, director for the Seminole Gaming Properties. And uh, I'm sure he'll be very excited about seeing their first effort up there for the uh, the World Series of Poker Circuit. So all the big uh, companies are uh, having their tournaments. The big announcement today from the WSOP that they'll have 25 events of a $1,000 buy-in or smaller this summer. Uh, last week they mentioned 17 events of 10000 or higher. So you really have just about everything as usual. And, of course, all the other great stuff that goes on this summer. Uh, that won't be, obviously, until the uh, end of May getting underway. So uh, we'll, again, follow all of that stuff as we often do. And uh, it's fun. Always uh, something going on to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, we're, we're we're getting close to February. And even though I know that it's still, you know, four months away, you, you kind of start getting that feel for the WSOP yeah. <laughs> and people trying to make their, their traveling arrangements and living arrangements out there. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, this is when I start getting that little feel that, damn, I wish I was going out there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's take another break here on the show. Uh, when we come back, there's an interesting hand I would brought in to talk with Joe about. And uh, Joe was just doing some uh, kind of... Uh, mathematical uh, discussions about uh, aces going against kings and yep. what the numbers are in that. So uh, you learn some uh, new ways to calculate uh, the, the math probabilities on some of that stuff, right? Yeah, it was, it was amazing on how it worked out because I knew my percentages were very close at, as they turned out to be, but I was able to get the exact number, and I found out the formula that's actually used for it from, uh, well, we'll discuss this when we come back. Absolutely. So I can give a proper credit to the person who showed me this. Okay. Uh, we'll be back with more of the show uh, when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Of course, you can always pick up the show on SoundCloud, on uh, iTunes, on uh, any place you get your uh, podcast pretty much. Working on getting on Spotify and a few other things. So um, stick around, find the show, and uh, we'll get some good guests rolling for you. And uh, have a lot of fun as we move toward our 10th anniversary here on the show. We'll be back with more of the program when we return. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the 
The prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. My name is Charles. My name is Charles. One day I had a sudden headache. I had a headache. My arm went numb and I felt confused. My arm went tingly. I was having a stroke. My wife dialed 911. I had a stroke on the bus. Seconds made all the difference. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911. Time lost is braid lost. For more information, visit powertoendstroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Final segment of the program. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, special thanks to Gio, always uh, on the controls for us and getting us going. Keeping uh, us on the straight and narrow here. As, us- <laughs> as usual. Um, no more news out of Tallahassee. Of course, the legislative session is over. We've heard some crazy... Uh, In Tallahassee? No, it's just about to start. That's what I mean. It just, uh, it just got underway last oh, week, okay. last Tuesday. Uh, no word yet about... Uh, what did I say? It was over? Yeah, that's what you said. I'm going, wait a minute. I, uh, got, I, go, I, go, I got my nose fixed now. My hearing doesn't work. So <laughs> <laughs> They just got underway last Tuesday. So, uh, you know, gambling, what's going to happen. And this is probably one reason why Tony may be a little hesitant to be on the show because, you know, he he's afraid of, you know, getting asked a bunch of questions about how they're going to work it out. But uh, with the state, as far as the combat goes... And he, I know that he can't talk about that, so I, you know, I'm not going to press him on that. But hopefully, we'll find out a little bit more about what's going on uh, up there in Tallahassee, because who knows? They could uh, this crazy bill this guy put out, where he wants to eliminate all the gambling around the the state, uh, you know, except in Dayton Broward. You know, I don't think that's going to get any traction. That's not going to get anything. Uh, but uh, the one they've been talking about that the, all the paramutuals uh, could decouple the rule that requires them to have their racing or their high lie or whatever they have in order to have I'm the surprised, slots. I'm surprised it's lasted this long. I yeah. mean, you know, in other states it ha- does happen outside of the horse racing industry, you know, uh, which would make it interesting for Hialeah, although Hialeah does the quarter horses, so I don't think they'd give a damn over there. They about, just started. Uh, I, I was off. there last week uh, on a, I can't remember what day it was. I think it was a Thursday or fr- it was a fr- Friday, and they were the next day they were starting the quarter horse racing. Right. Yeah, I'll tell you, the biggest one that would probably suffer down here would be Gulfstream because there's no way they're not going to run horses there. Yeah. Well, they have the Pegasus this weekend. So well, that's, that's the, the one biggest, I'm trying to tell. Right. $12 they have, million dollar they're making money pool. off of it, but guess what? You know, they, are, they will not, but dog. we already know that dog racing in this state will become illegal at the end of this year. Uh, most of the Places at least locally have already, you know, uh, converted over to high ally. And as much as we both love that sport, we know that that's just a measure to be able to keep their gambling license. You know, the sport has suffered greatly as far as attendance and having any kind of <laughs> importance in the paramutual world. Um, which is a damn shame because we know what a beautiful sport that is, right, Dave? Right, absolutely. You know, uh, so. maximum security—the horse that was probably going to be the favorite—has pulled out of that event, by the way. Out of the Pegasus? Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, actually, what I'm concerned about, to be honest with you, and I know that we're here with this, but I'm I'm really hoping that the state of Florida, that the legislative sessions, uh, our legislators up there, you know 
will consider uh, very strongly sports betting. Yeah, well, they are looking at that very closely right now. You know, I'm, I'm assuming that's why certain people have made large investments in, in racing book formats, including our people, William Hill there at, at Casino Miami. Um, you know, it's a great backup plan to have in case they don't come to an agreement with the you know with the Seminole right. Hard Rock Pier, you know, and they continue to withhold uh, you know those dollars. You know, the, the they've withheld them at least one year, might be already two. Well, uh, a lot uh, you know a lot of people are looking at sports gambling on a state by state basis, whether the state wants it in their state, and that's the way a lot of these uh, legislators want to handle things. But there is on a federal level some action. Uh, Mitt Romney and Chuck Schumer are working on a bill that would uh, establish some sort of federal rules for the states uh, that have legalized sports gambling. And but the Supreme Court's already ruled that, isn't there, hasn't their Supreme Court ruled they can well, have it and it has to be on a state-by-state state That's basis. the way it is right now, but that could always change. You never Listen, know. Listen, the, the DOJ shut down all these uh, poker sites. Now we've got them, Nevada, New Jersey, what is it, Delaware, Pennsylvania, you know. I don't know. I you know I know these the, the federal the, our federal legislators want to have control and the states don't. I you know this it's such so crazy. I don't know why they just don't open the damn up yeah. and let people decide. They, you know, no, nobody puts a gun to anybody's head and says, "Hey, and there's play, always place a bet, get online and start playing poker." You there's know, there's always the negative publicity and uh, how crime and prostitution and everything, all the crazy. Uh, things that they used to say around prohibition, and as it turns out, you know we've had the gambling, and you know th- obviously it does affect some people's and, lives in a and negative Dave, way. Dave, just for those people's knowledge, prostitution has still gone <laughs> for all these years. <laughs> so has crime. Thank God. So has crime. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, uh, no more news from that. It was a, a representative named Playcon. Uh, from or the Orlando area that wanted to try to restrict gambling around the state. Oh, from the Orlando area, really? I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he's not backed by the Disney uh, people, huh? Yeah. So anyway, uh, wanted to talk about this one hand here. We have a few minutes left. Uh, we're winding down, but uh, it was a story, and actually, this hand is was from uh, down here in South Florida at uh, the Seminole Coconut Creek. And coincidentally, I discussed it with our with our analyst. And I want to give him complete okay. credit for what he did because I couldn't believe you had that paper there. Uh, it involved a player that we've had on the show, a local player down here in South Florida, Evan Teitelbaum, was in the hand, got dealt pocket aces, and his opponent got dealt pocket kings. And they got it all in. Uh, let's see. The, I guess we don't need a lot of details, but uh, they were in level six of the tournament. So title bomb raised under the gun. The other player uh, three bet to six, uh, 6,500. Uh, four bet from title bomb, and the other player in the big blind moved all in. So, so this was this all, is we've all been before the before the flop, right? Uh, turned the cards over, and uh, title bomb had snap called holding pocket aces, and they got some numbers, and that's what kind of intrigued me. And you said you just did some math with uh, this well, guy. Well, I had asked him. Uh, because I was always intrigued. I, I know I'm a good math guy, but I've, I didn't get to the advanced ages of to see how it was done. So I asked him if pocket aces were up against pocket kings and all the money went in pre-flop. Now, we do know that sometimes a straight, a flush, could help the kings beat the aces. Right. But I said, what would the chances be that if, if the kings could only win if one of the two remaining kings in the deck were there? So the math was, well, you know that... This person, they turn their cards over, pocket aces against pocket kings. So you know four out of the 52 cards, so there are 48 unknown cards. Okay. 46 don't help, 40, you know, two do. So so he says, the way the math is, well, you if you got it all in, before the flop, the aces would be about an 81%. Yeah, 81.7. Percent to win, Okay. And then once the flop is out, then the aces would be an 
you know, favorite to win. And once the turn has been out with one card remaining, the Aces would be a 90, almost a 96, 95.8% to win. So I said, oh, that's interesting. We, we started with the back, kind of worked our way forward. And I said, you know, I, and I was giving them the percentages. I had told them, I said, I believe it's 80%. As it turns out, it was 81. So he goes, well, the way to do the math would be, you know, you have 46 over 48. You know, as the chances, times 45 over 47, times 44 over 46, you're reducing it by one each each column. Oh, okay. You know, because no king came on the flop, you know, so it would be, so you're actually taking card by card, even though three come on the flop, right? So if the first card you look at isn't a king, you know, so when you do the math and you multiply the top against and then the bottom and then do the division at the bottom, you will come up with those percentages, and that's how you get that. And uh, that was Curtis, and he actually says there's a name for it, which I will I promise to bring to next week's show. Because now that I'm that I'm going through this, I want to give t- his name is TJ, okay, and uh, he's he's our analyst at my at Casino Miami, uh, a professor at one of our local colleges down here, and. I'm so happy to say that you know he 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 just got offered a position that will grant him tenure in the in the very near future. So smart, smart, sharp guy, great guy. So going forward, Dave, if we have to do any more maps in the future, that's our, be, that's going to be our go-to guy. TJ will be our go-to guy. Well, let me just finish the outcome of this hand because uh, the I, flop came. Ace, king, king. Oh, my God. So it's not enough that, uh, you know, the the aces, you know, make his, he makes his full house, and the other guy's head gets quads, and this right. is all on the flop. So uh, I guess that lowered the chances. Uh, Significantly. Yeah, to uh, for the aces to win at just 4.4%. And uh, if that wasn't enough, the turn was an ace. Oh, oh. So you got quad aces against quad kings in a, oh in a major tournament, which would be great if it, we were in a bad beat jackpot situation. But yeah, in a you tournament want that like in a cash game. Yeah, that's just brutal beat. For in a tournament well, like that, there's nothing. W- there was a similar hand that we had in in the main event going many years back where the guy who came in second was from North Carolina from a private home game. Do you remember Steven something, I think was his name? He wound up coming in second. I don't know if it was the year. Oh, yeah. Steve uh, Daneman? Daneman. That's the name. There you go. And I don't know if you remember, Mike Manasau made a big... I don't know if he even made the final table, but I know he was was in the final two tables, and Manasau, you know, who, as we know, the mouth has been, you know, talks about all the best hand won, the best hand won. He was constantly saying that, and Steve had pocket aces against I don't remember what pocket pair uh, the mouth had, but the mouth spiked his 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 card on the flop, and Dannemann either on the turn of the river spiked his ace to beat him. And Madison was like, uh, you know, uncon- and all upset. And Steve just turned to him and goes, "But Mike, the best the best hand, the best starting hand won, you know." And which he didn't want to freaking hear at yeah. that time, at that point. Yeah, I can hear you on that. For sure. Um, the uh, final field is in for the high roller. They ended up with 41 players in that one. So first prize is 364000 And uh, we haven't got an update on the chip lead over on the other tournament. But uh, uh, from what I hear, and, and I wonder how they'll handle this, but they're down to 13 players right now. Still plenty of time tonight to play more poker. Yeah. Uh, but the final table is not scheduled until Wednesday. So if they stop it pretty quick, play down to maybe 13, 12, 11, and have a real short day tomorrow to play down to 6 because they have the TV coverage on, uh, on Wednesday. Wednesday. So I don't think they can do much. So I would think that they're almost done here. On, uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost 9.30 here at uh, local time. I know that uh, Peter Walsworth just won a big hand against uh, Brian Altman. So uh, he has not. Walsworth now has four million chips, and Brian Altman four point three. So uh, he's not running away with the tournament. There's no question about that. So anyway, we will keep an eye on that. I will look at it tomorrow. We'll see if I can talk to some players. The uh, high roller will be finishing up as well, and we should have uh, some fun over there tomorrow. Um, 
checking out the uh, the new shops and the well, new places as well. They got a big club and their Super Bowl s- stuff is coming. If you see our boy Tony Burns, please remember to uh, build up my my this beautiful woman that I work with at uh, Miami Highlight, who's going to be working, working for, for them, okay. Ashley. Congratulations to you, Ashley, and best of luck to you and the family going over there at the Hard Rock. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's going to do it for the show. Appreciate you being with us tonight, and uh, look forward to uh, another show next week. We'll have maybe have some good stories about how I uh, break every rule in the book and uh, sit, <laughs> out, sit out a few no, orbits here and there. I was just going to say, do not forget. Well, luckily you're not going to forget your Annie because it's a big blind Annie. So well, that's going to help you. Hopefully I'm just there long enough to uh, get into some kind of trouble. There you go. That'll be nice. <laughs> Something to talk about. Thanks for being with us tonight. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. We'll be back next week with another edition of the show. Gio, thank you as well as usual. And we look forward to having you back for another edition of Poker Action Line next week. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.